And the uh, Global Threat Report, ladies and gentlemen, Global Threat Solutions uh, is a 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm. Global headquarters are right here in uh, Long Island, Suffolk County. Offices as well in the city, Miami, L.A., overseas, Frankfurt, and Mumbai. That's right, Global Threat Solutions CEO, Captain Ken Bombay's 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience. Serving as a military intelligence officer in the Middle East as well. His company is incredible, provides so many services. For peace of mind in uncertain times, go to the website, globalthreatsolutions.com. Any questions, make a phone call, 646-946-6649. The aforementioned captain, uh, Kenneth Pombay, is nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here on a Tuesday. Um, you know what? A report we kind of awaited, Captain in the fact of the lab leak at uh, Wuhan, a lot of people obviously uh, had many an opinion uh, over the years. Finally comes out, DOE and the FBI stating the case of a lab leak over at Wuhan there. Your assessment and the ramifications involved, and welcome. Morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Uh yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's not surprising news. I guess what's surprising is that it took them this long to come to this conclusion. It seems like everyone in the world pretty much knew where this virus came from, except for the U.S. intelligence community. They were very slow in responding to that. Um, now now it's been put out there. I, I think one thing that needs to be, that this doesn't surprise anyone, one thing that should be looked into, they're saying obviously this was an accidental release, they believe, from the, from the lab. Um, what my question would be, and I, I wouldn't deny that because I think that China really was hit hard by this virus. So I, I would I would suggest that I, I believe it's a accidental release. But at some point, was this also were there plans for China to weaponize this this virus? I mean, just look what it did to the United States. Um, this pandemic and the world, by the way. And how devastating it was. And during at a time of war, you could imagine how how bad that would be. Um, I wonder how hard they're going to press the Chinese. Chinese are still not cooperating with the UN or any other entities as far as this investigation goes. They've made claims they believe it started outside of China, which no one believes. And I think that we need to still continue these Senate hearings into this uh, into how this was released to the world and how devastating. I think China should also be held in some way responsible for this, at least from I mean, the U.S. The, the numbers I'm reading are a million people have been lost due to this virus. That's just our country, Jay. And I think they should be held responsible, at least financially at some level. And I think we need to, you know, I hope there's very smart people looking into how this virus and, and other similar viruses can be weaponized, especially at these heightened times that we're living in right now with such tensions between the u.s china and our and our other enemies yeah uh, no question tensions are high and uh, listen rightfully so i look at this a couple of different ways i look at it as you know back in the day it was almost like on the job training information coming in a mile a minute uh how to respond was key and i look upon the recommendations based on what was known at the time and you know you kind of go with the data you have and everything else okay Here's where I have my problem, though. Those at the top, the Anthony Fauci's, Rochelle Keys of the world, those at the top refuse to change, Captain, change their directives in the face, and I'm talking about new evidence, when a study did not support 
support their way of thinking, their policies. They poo-pooed them. They dismissed them. And the biggest situation involved was they censored opposing ideas and opinions. Okay? That's one. Two. CDC. Same time. They weaponized their research. They put out its own studies of thinking. There And there were flawed, plenty of it. Plenty of flawed studies. Remember the whole medical journal and everything else? Uh Uh-uh. And the worst thing of all, the worst thing of all, Captain Bombay's, was they basically facilitated misinformation. It ruined lives. It damaged the trust in the profession. Misinformation was a killer in all. Not as bad as what the virus did. Over a million, as you stated, succumb to it. But when you put out misinformation, that is deadly. Deadly. That's not how you keep people safe. I said that all along. Misinformation, folks, you cannot have. And that's what was going on. And I've always said, yeah. Captain Bombay, I've always said... You know, you put it out there. If you're trying to get people vaccinated and everything else, you put it out there the right way. Misinformation, not the way to go. Not the way to go. Because when you mock anti-vaxxers, you are doing damage. The skeptics fed this misinformation. That's not how you convince people on the fence to get the shot. The indication shows that we care about people. We care about them. It's not about winning an argument. And that's what was at the very crux of it all from way back when you decipher this whole thing, you know? Yeah, uh, Jay, I totally agree. There's no doubt that politics played a huge role in the dissemination of information, how long it took for them to come to these conclusions. I mean, Jay, There are studies coming out now that say that vaccine mandates did nothing to stop the spread of COVID. They're saying lockdowns did nothing to stop the spread of COVID. Um, They they said their big push was that the virus, once you're vaccinated, the spread stops there. That's it. Now, Now it ends with you. Now we know that's entirely not true. You know, I made the decision to get um, vaccinated, Jay. And I did that because I run a business. I run a company and I had to travel and I need to do it. I had to live, you know. I in no way hold against pe- hold it against people who decided not to. And I think in some ways they're pretty smart. I, do I trust the vaccine entirely and what the long-term ramifications or even just the effectiveness? I think the reports now are showing that it's really not all that effective, the vaccine. I think people made billions and billions of dollars off of it. I think it was, uh, you know, pushed on people in a way that should never have been done. I mean, firing teachers and police officers, insanity. And the military, by the way, kicking people out of the military. And now it shows it did nothing to stop the spread. That's scary that that happened in our country right now. So I think that politics played a huge part in the dissemination of information from when this thing was first launched. I think the CDC had a a big um, political narrative that they were pushing, and and they would limit the information they'd put out or or 
change the information they put out based on that narrative. And I want to know now, are these people going to be held responsible? Who should at least be brought in for a hearing and, and ask, you know, Dr. Fauci directly and say, hey, this vent, you, we have recordings, video of people yourself saying that this is going to stop the spread, you know, once people are vaccinated. Now we know that it, there are studies that say otherwise. You explain it to us. You tell us. You know, and now now they're saying that it did come from this lab when there was so much information put out saying that it didn't, in fact, come from this lab. I think that this there, this cannot be over. A million people died from our country. Uh, our, our businesses, our economy, everything was impacted so greatly. This cannot end. There needs to be continued investigations. I mean, this it's not this is not the last threat of a virus that this country will face. And we need to get this right. And that. There were some huge mistakes made in this. Politics played a huge part, and they shouldn't have. Said and listen, uh, you know, you look at a guy like Anthony Fauci serving, what, six presidents? Leading the NIID, NIH for, what, five decades? Winning the Medal of Freedom? Leading scientists? Changing the tide of the largest pandemic, HIV, I'm talking about for almost 20 years? You know what? I was duped. I was duped. I got to be honest with you. You know, I believed in Fauci from the onset here. You know, the whole thing, though, when you look back on it, the masks, the double masks, not knowing which way to go here, changing course left and right, misinformation, school closures, you know, reducing the COVID transmission. You know what I want to know about, Cap? This myocarditis, you know, where people were downplaying concerns about the vaccine-induced myocarditis, the inflammation of the heart muscle, that type of thing. And the citing of poorly designed studies that kind of undercaptured the complication rates. I want to know more about this. I want to know about the, the tens of thousands of kids likely got it, mostly, subclinical by the way, from a COVID vaccine they did not need because they were entirely healthy because they already had COVID. I want to know more. I want to know more about it. A certain segment of the population, where are we at with this? That's why you need a panel. You must get a panel set up, and questions have to be asked. You've got to get the right answers. You've got to get the Walensky's right there. You've got to get the Fauci's right there. Put Debbie Burks in, too. I want to know. These are questions that must be in plan. Subpoena these individuals. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. We got the answer as far as what happened overseas. Now let's get these people in front of of a committee. These are questions that need to be answered. No ifs, ands, or buts anymore. Had to be answered. Yeah, it's exactly right. Uh, you know, Jay, I, I was vaccinated. I got the boosters. I traveled to France. I get COVID. I came home. And let me tell you, it hit me hard. Not only did it hit me hard for weeks, but then I had long COVID effects, too, you know, that took months. And I would think to myself, I am pretty confident that it would not be much different if I was never vaccinated. I don't think it would have. How, how could it have been? I'm in pretty good shape. I take care of myself. I don't have any medical issues whatsoever. I, I wonder, this needs to be investigated further. There's, there's pharmaceutical companies that are making uh, massive amounts of money off of this. And, by the way, people like Dr. Fauci working for the CDC were able to get funds and, and uh, stipends and money funding from these these companies, which to me is insanity. If that's not a conflict, I'm not sure exactly what is. I think this, you know, we the good thing is we have all of these statements, all of these people on 
video, you know, documented for all the claims that they made, including the heads of some of these pharmaceutical companies. And let's get them in. Let's get them in for these hearings and question them and put those videos right up there and say, what happened? What happened? Why? Why? I, I want to know how that you came to these conclusions. And now that they're wrong, what do you have to say about that? And should some of these companies be held uh, responsible and liable financially for this, even criminally in some cases, I think, Jay? Uh, I think that we should get the investigation into how this was handled needs to just be starting right now, and it needs to get pretty intense. I tell you, if this whole thing with Fauci is a deflection as far as dollars given, okay, from his organization, gain of function and everything else, you know what? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's why you need to get the Tony Fauci's out there. You must get them in front. As far as this panel is, because you have to at this point in time, there's 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 no questions as far as not getting him, not getting the Rochelle Walensky's out there. You must get these people in front and answer questions. I'm sorry. You have to. You have to. I mean, there's too much on the line here. Way too much on the line here. I mean, it is crystal clear as far as what's going on. And at this point in time, you know, the whole thing with Rand Paul and Tony Fauci. Get ready, round three. Round three. There are questions that have to be answered, Cap. Have to be answered. Now, with that being said, let's move on as far as uh, what's going on in Ukraine. There is a lot happening here. Uh, You know what? We stated it this morning in the financial report with Mr. Ferentino, Treasury Secretary, handing the president of Ukraine a nice checkeroo. Uh, for what, $10 billion, whatever the heck it was, and more money to come. Listen, uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think you have to defend Ukraine, although we have to figure out this country, there is no question. Here's my biggest problem. Why is it going to take years to get them this equipment? Years. To get them the tanks and everything else they need. The war could be over by then. Ukraine could be wiped off the map. Why does it take so long? And everything else, back in the day, you know, reading Pearl Harbor took a month to get 2,000 tanks in play here. Why so long, Cap? Can't understand that aspect. Yeah, so they drag their feet. They pledge things. It takes months to get there. And I'll tell you, Jay, it's more critical right now than ever before because uh, uh, I don't know if you're tracking this back moot. This city is critical. It's sort of a benchmark right now for this conflict. And Russia is making gains as of late. And uh, Zelensky came out and said that there's big challenges there. And now we have one of these pro-Russian leaders and the People's Republic, uh, the next People's Republic, that's what the Russians call it, saying that it's about to fall to Russia. They have the Wagner Group, this mercenary group, putting in their most elite forces there now. And Ukrainian military commanders are saying the same thing. And what's really critical about this, if they lose Bakhmut, Jay, is that this is indicative of what might happen in the spring offensive. We're just getting through with this harsh winter over there. We know the Russians are planning a spring offensive. And although the Russian military has really shown its true colors, and a lot of people were surprised at their incompetence, um, one thing they're good at is never stopping. Never stopping and winning through attrition and wearing down their opponents. And, And they're very good at that. And it seems there's no indications that they're looking to stop this conflict anytime soon. So uh, that should be of, of great concern to everyone in the West and Ukraine 
if we're going to be giving these weapons and spending far more than at this point I think we should have without the support of our allies, you know, at least at least comparative support of our NATO allies. Um, I know Saudi Arabia just just pledged four hundred million. That's good. That helps. You know, we need to really be putting pressure on them to be giving not only is increase the funding, but getting weapons there quickly and the types of weapons they get over there. That's the only thing that could stem this this surge by the Russians and Bakhmut. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully we won't see this, but I have a feeling you're going to see a, a successful spring offensive for the Russians, too. So the only thing that could stem that right now would be that. And, and I think another thing, Jay, is on the diplomatic front, I think Zelensky has to really ask himself an honest question about what does victory look like. And that victory, Jay, it's not going to be getting every inch of Ukraine back. If there's a way to end this, and I'm not sure there is, but if there's a way to end this diplomatically, um, it's going to include him at least um, surrendering some of that land that, that Russia's had since 2014. It, and I think that there needs to be an honest discussion among Ukrainian leadership and the West of what victory looks like, or at least what an end to this conflict looks like. You know, try and put this thing to to an end soon. That that's my uh, take on this right now. And right now, things don't don't look so great. Great. I would try have all, all angles from a diplomatic standpoint. If if that fails, you know what? I'm giving them these F-16s. You know, you you got to give them the F-16s. And you know these M1 Abrams tanks. You know, I I don't understand. You're looking at 31 of these M1. These are like top of the line, folks. 31 tanks going to take two years? Two years? It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Listen, Cab, you know Ukraine needs the tanks, they need the planes. Everything is heating up, and if China's going to aid Russia, look out. Again, I don't want to get to that point. I want to sit down with Putin. I want all of NATO to sit down with Putin and figure out a solution here. Because only he can stop this thing. But if he is not, I am going all out. Tanks, planes, in the entire arsenal. And let's not forget, as I mentioned, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, they were turning out, the U.S. factories were turning out an average of 2,000 tanks a month. We can't get 31 existing tanks to Ukraine in under two years? Unacceptable. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Unacceptable. Yeah, those are, those are tanks that can be moved from Europe that we have there already, and it could take a week if they really wanted to. Um, you know, so it's, they're dragging their feet on this, and they're afraid, Jay, to, to send certain types of weapons and increase the number of weapons for a few reasons. One is there's a lot going on right now. Right now, we're warning China against sending weapons to Russia right now. But at the same time, we're increasing the number of troops that we're sending to Taiwan, which could provoke China to better support Russia. You know, it's, it's complicated. Now, we also have Russia is turning to the to the Chinese yuan as currency over the dollar right now. They're using it for their oil trade. Uh, people are using it for their savings over there because obviously the, the Russian currency has been severely weakened. And it's just strengthening this, this alliance between China and Russia and also uh, putting forward this this Cold War that that we see already in place. And by the way, uh, I've said this before, it's much worse than the Cold War. The Cold War was very stable. I was a part of it. I was in Germany. And people were very careful about the words they used and the actions they took. 
and it was a time of stability in the world. This is not. We have open threats of the use of nuclear weapons, aggression from our greatest enemies in the world. This is not. We have a hot war in Eastern Europe. So this cannot be classified as just a cold war right now. Um, a proxy war for the U.S. maybe, but not, not entirely a cold war. And I think there's a lot of uh, steps that need to be taken to, to ensure that, I mean, two years, two years, they could be in Poland by then, Jay. Who knows what's going to be going on in two years? So if they're going to support, we're going to send these weapons that the Ukrainians desperately need. They need to do it in a timely manner, but we need to have our allies step up their game. Not only send more weapons, more funding, and match their, their partnership in this alliance, because the U.S. is not in a position right now for way over $100 billion. And, and Janet Yellen, who, is, who just visited, Jay, she just pledged another $10 billion overall. Biden, when he was there, pledged $50 billion. I mean, when does this end? You know, our country is not in a great position right now to be doing this on our own, which is essentially what's happening. So, like President Trump did, Biden needs to start putting pressure on our allies, real pressure about stepping up their game. Slow roll is not cutting it. Uh, all in all, uh, enough of that nonsense. Quit piecemealing here, Mr. President. Quit piecemealing and step it up. Give Kiev what they need for the total win. Now. Not six months from now. When China could be fully involved. Now is the time. My goodness. I, I don't know. What, what, is Lloyd, what is Lloyd Austin doing there as a secretary of defense? I'll tell you what he's doing. The same thing that Pete Buttigieg does. Nothing. The same thing that Alejandro Mayorkas does. Nothing. <laughs> yep. 